invite you to turn your Bibles to the book of Judges for just a little while this evening. And I pray that the Lord will use His Word to encourage us this evening. You know, oftentimes we, we go through this life, it's filled with turmoil as I spoke this morning, and we need a time when we go back to the Word of God and find where God was able and is able to give us what we need to get through, to get over or to get around whatever situation that He puts with us. You know, I was, I was questioned the other day about the situation, you know, different things that have come up in our lives, different things that have happened and transpired in the last few months. And I had a man to, to say, man, you all, man, you're having a bunch of trouble. And we think about that from time to time. If you're not careful, you can get down real quick. You can begin to think about all the problems that you're going through and you begin to wonder if you're ever able to get your head up. This individual, I don't know what he really meant by that, but at any rate, I know sometimes things come into the child of God's life. God allows to happen, but much of the time, the devil does everything in his power to disrupt, destroy, or discourage the children of God. There's things that happen in our lives that God allows, yet it is the devil who's behind those things. And we think, well, how, how does God, why would God allow me to go through such a situation? We come down right to it. God is building our character. He's building our faith. He's building us up to bring Him all the honor and glory that He deserves. Now many times there's things that come up in our lives where we fail. I fail. I mean there's not a doubt in my mind that I've failed my God when certain situations have come up and I begin to have this pity party or I begin to feel like I'm the only person who's going through such a ordeal as that. Maybe I begin to ask God, why? Maybe I begin to ask God, uh, why is all this coming about in my life? Listen, I believe the devil has four D's that you need to be aware of. And one of those, I believe, is just like what David faced. David faced a situation in his life where the devil wanted to dethrone him. The devil had put all kinds of allurements in front of him while he was king and trying to get him to do exactly what he'd done and the devil won out. The devil had his way. David failed the God of heaven drastically in a, in a situation when he took Bathsheba and when he began to bring about all the other elements to try to cover his sin until Nathan pointed it out that he was the very man. He was the very one who brought this about. And it was a, it was a situation where David, had he not pled God's forgiveness, 
If David had not pled for the forgiveness of the Almighty, I believe David would have been dethroned. I believe without a shadow of a doubt that David would have lost his position with God, not his standing as far as a child of God is concerned, but his position. And as I look at this situation here, and I think about what it said, what we're looking at in the book of Judges, if you'll read with me, chapter 1, beginning at verse 1, the Bible says of this situation with Joshua, now after the death of Joshua, now I want you to think about Joshua for just a moment. Joshua was a man of God. He was a great man, he was a great leader, and he was a great warrior. Joshua had a vision. Joshua not only had a vision, but listen, he had everything in his, in his standing to be what he was because God gave him grace to do so. The Bible goes on to say, Now after the death of, of Joshua, it came to pass that the children of Israel asked the Lord, saying, Who shall go up for us against the Canaanites first to fight against them? And the Lord said, Judah shall go up. Behold, I have delivered the land into his hand. And Judah said unto Simeon, his brother, Come up with me into my lot, that we may fight against the Canaanites. And I likewise will go with thee into the lot, into thy lot. So Simeon went with him. And Judah went up, and the Lord delivered the Canaanites and the Perizzites into their hand. And they slew of them in Bezek 10,000 men. And they found Adonai Bezek in Bezek. And they fought against him. And they slew the Canaanites and the Perizzites. But Adonai Bezek fled and they pursued after him and caught him. And cut off his thumbs and his great toes. Now I want you to think about this now. What a situation this man was in. And what a situation that these others put him in. The Bible says in verse 7, this is where I want you to get a hold of. And Adonah Bezak said, Three score and ten kings, having their thumbs and their great toes cut off, gathered their meat under my table. As I have done, so God hath requited me. And they brought him to Jerusalem, and there he died. And I want you to think about this now. Well, the Bible speaks about what Adonah Bezak said, that all these great kings had nearly had been fed under his own table. Now I want you to think about where he is right now. I want you to think about what took place here. The dethroning of this man. Emmanuel, our message tonight is one that is meant to encourage and to lift up. Especially in these trying times. You know, we hear, even Brother Jim mentioned just a moment ago about the, about the situations of this life that we're living even, even now. You know, a lot of times people will look at the life that we have been encountering here in the last couple of years, and we see the things that are being brought to law, 
You have to wonder how much longer, O oh Lord, will you tarry your coming? There's coming a day when there's going to be a great dethroning. But I want you to think about us as Christians tonight, and I want you to think about where you are right now in life. We may be looking and thinking of other things, but where is your life right now? What are you partaking in that could lead to your dethroning by the devil himself? And what I'm talking about is the loss of power. The loss of, uh, uh, of sustaining power. You know, it is the Christian that has lost his light that has lost all power. When the Christian has lost his witness, when the child of God has, has found himself to be a laughingstock, he has been dethroned by Satan himself. And that's exactly even where David found himself at. After his, after his fall from grace, so to speak, he found himself as being dethroned. I mean, he lied, he, he had murdered, he had committed adultery, he had, he had done many things that he shouldn't have done, and all of this was an act, I believe, that we have to encounter from time to time in our own lives. Satan is doing his best to bring us down. If you're here tonight and you're a child of the king, listen, I want you to know something. Satan would like to do nothing more or nothing less than to demolish you as a Christian. He would like to bring your witness down to a, to a place where men, uh, as they look in life today, you know, everybody looks and judges each other off of each other instead of judging one another from God's standard. But if you stand with God's plumb line, where do you stand tonight? Are you one of those individuals who has, who has found that Satan has come in and begin to dismantle the power of the Christian? You know, a, a lot of times, uh, you know, a, a lie. A lie can be that one thing that begins to dismantle your power. A lie can be one of those things that began to dismantle and disrupt the, the situation that you have. Just a lie. Lies, as we saw with David, led to many other things. It led to murder. It led to cover-ups. It led to conspiracy. That's what lies will do for you. And that's just one of the little things that Satan could bring up in your life to cause you to be dethroned, to cause your witness to be dismantled, to cause you as a, as a Christian, as we see in the, in the Bible, to be a hissing. You know, when somebody mentions your name, it ought to not be with a hiss. It ought not to be with a, with a question mark behind it. Listen, when that happens... One of the deeds of the devil has got a hold of you. He has, dis, dis, he has dethroned you. Now secondly, I want you to think about this. As we deal with this, this instance of Satan's attacking the Christian, the Bible teaches us that he wants to disarm you. You know, I see this going on in the world today. I mean, there's been a lot of churches in our country today that it's been disarmed. 
They've been disarmed because they have followed after a man and his wishes. There have been many churches today, and, and I, I mean, I know, I know a pastor who told me he lives over here in Charleston, and, and, he, and he was talking about the fact that once before the, the great pandemic took place, they were running somewhere as close to 200 people. And now he has a struggle to get 10 people in a huge, massive building. They won't come back. Folks, I want you to know something. Churches have been disarmed. Pastors who have, who have fled from the faith of the Almighty God have disarmed their churches. And they have the, this, this disarming has brought about a, an inability to have people to come and worship like they're supposed to. It wants to disarm you. And in Judges 1 and 1, Again, here the Bible teaches us something that I think we need to get a hold of. Now after the death of Joshua, it came to pass that the children of Israel asked the Lord saying, Who shall go up for us against the Canaanites first to fight against them? Now I want you to think about this for just a moment. The devil wants to take away your, your power. The devil wants to rob you this evening. God has already given you the victory. Why do we want to intermingle somebody else's forces with what God's already given us? You see what I'm saying? I have invitations all the time to, to bring our congregations together. Listen, we're all going to the same place doing the same thing. No, we're not all doing the same thing. Folks, I, I'm not into this ecumenical movement. And, and you know, I've fought this for, for the, the 19 years almost that I've been here. I've had this, this issue of a, a, a come and join us thing like a Sam Ballant and Tobiah done. And I want you to think about that. Now, Nehemiah, Nehemiah had a work to do. And listen, Sam Ballant and, and Tobiah, they wanted him to put a stop to it by coming down and being with them. Why should I? Why should we stop the work that we're doing here to satisfy somebody else? Just to get along. Just to be accommodating. Why should a church such as ours sacrifice the Holy Spirit power just to be accommodating to those that want to wallow in the world and the, and the, and the fleshly desires of sin? Listen, when churches do that, they have been disarmed. Listen, I want you to know something about this church. This church is a lighthouse. This church across this area is a lighthouse. And listen, it is our responsibility in this area to move uh, upon these hills and these hollers. I believe that is the responsibility of the lighthouse. And there's only one lighthouse on this road. Now listen, I know there's other churches so-called. There's other, there's other entities uh, that, that, that want to lay claim to, to God's power and presence. But listen, there's only one lighthouse here. Don't let him disarm you. Don't let him disarm you by, by, by uh, this, uh, this act of, uh, of uh, well, let's just get along. That's disarming you. That's taking away your power. That's when the devil begins to come in and begins to pull out from under you the rug that you're standing on. 
Just, I mean, this word, and I really have a hard time even bringing this word out, but it's a word compromise. You know, I don't mind compromise, the word compromise so much, but when it comes to God's people and God's Bible, God's word, I don't want to compromise, folks. I don't think we need to compromise. I was telling the, I was telling the church one time, they was looking for a pastor, and, and I was telling them, listen, You've got your principles. You've got your articles of faith. Don't compromise just to get a man in the pulpit. That's when you began to lose your power. Men that come into the pulpit like that are men who will come in and they want to demand total power and authority. And you remember our studies in the, in the church doctrines. Listen, this is a democratic body. I'm not the sole power of this church. And listen, don't ever let that be said. I am the pastor, I'm the overseer, I'm the under-shepherd, but that's where it goes to. The power lies within the body, not the preacher. The power lies within the body and not the deacons. It lies within the whole church family. You know, it's been said, you know, well, you know, I, we don't allow our women to vote. Well, Listen, I want you to know something. Every person in this house has a right to vote if they're, if they're a member of this body in good standing. Amen? I, you know, I don't understand that. Uh, I, I do not fear that the women are going to destroy this church because we allow them to vote. Listen, I, I don't get that. I don't buy it either. They're just as much a part of this body as the man is. They're just as much a part of this body as this pastor is and the deacons the Sunday school teachers or whoever it may be. Listen, we don't need to compromise. Compromise will bring about a disarming of you. Where are you going to go without the sword? What are you going to do without the sword? Amen? Listen, I'll tell you what. You can have, you can have all the big screens you want. and You can leave your Bibles at home and in the car or wherever you want to go. But as for me in this church... <laughs> We're going we're gonna to stand with the book, amen? We're going to take the book. We're going to open it up. Listen, there's a special attraction to the book. The book brings about a feeling of, uh, of contentment. It is, it is the very voice of God that we hold in our laps. That makes it personal, folks. That makes it personal. You begin to leave this at home, you're going to disarm yourself and your family. You begin to leave the old book at the house. Listen, you're going to disarm your pastor. You're going to disarm your deacons. You're going to disarm the elders of the church. And listen, when that happens, this church is liable to fall. It will fall. Not liable to fall. <laughs> A church without the word, it, it's going to fall. Don't let, it, don't let the devil disarm you. The devil wants to take your power by removing the word of God from your lives. Don't let him do it. The devil wants to disable you. This is the third D I want you to think about now. Have you ever been in a situation where you became, where you became almost embarrassed to say that you was a Christian? You know what I'm saying. If you've ever been in a situation where you wasn't living the way you're supposed to live, listen, I've been there. I know what that's like. It isn't fun. 
The devil had not only dethroned me, the devil had disarmed me, and he began to disable me from doing anything spiritually because the life that I was living. So the devil wishes to, at the very least, disable you in your Christian walk. He wants to make you only a has-been or used to be. You know, I've had this, I've had, I've heard this many times. Well, Pastor, I used to. Pastor, we used to do this or that. Pastor, we, we used to be more faithful. We used to sit down as a family and read the Word of God. We used to pray together. We used to sing together in the house of God. We used to worship together every day that the church house doors were open. We used to, used to, used to. And now, where are you at? He has disabled you because you used to. Folks, I want you to know something today. If, you, if, you've, ever had, if you've ever had an inkling of an idea about what it means to be a service to the God of heaven, think about where you used to be. Think about what you ought to be. Remember the words of 1 John 4 and 4. When the devil begins to try to overpower you. When the devil begins to try to disable you. Remember that you're the child of God. There's all kinds of influences that bring about this disabling in our lives. It could be these, these daggone telephones that we have that it seems to me like people can't drive without having them up here in their face anymore. I almost got hit the other day. A person, a person almost, almost T-boned me because they was right here with their telephone wasn't looking at the light that had already changed. It could be the computer is something that has distracted you so much. Something that has taken away what God intends for you to have. The devil has disabled you. In John, 1 John 4 and 4, the Bible says, You are of God, little children, and overcome them. Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. When the devil begins to come in and try to disarm you, to try to disable you, to try to dethrone you, listen, you know this, that God is greater than all your problems. God is greater than all your issues. And God will, God will bless you know, sometimes I think it takes him getting our attention before we really realize, you know what I'm saying? You know, oftentimes people look at us and they see you going through a problem. 
They wonder what you do wrong. What did you do that was so wrong that you're faced with this? You could be just like Job, you know. Job didn't necessarily do anything wrong. As a matter of fact, God told the devil, did you consider my servant Job? A lot of times we may be in a situation where God told the devil, hey, did you ever think about him? Did you ever think about her? Sometimes things happen in the lives of God's children. You need to remember that sometimes it's not always a whipping you're getting. Sometimes God's allowing the devil to sift you. We think about Peter. What was told of him by the Lord himself. That the devil had desired to sift him as wheat. Folks, there's times in our lives when the devil desires to sift us as wheat. You know what it is to sift, don't you? To blow the chaff away. You know, at the thrashing, at the thrashing, being that what is going on is as that wheat is being thrashed, great billows, if there's no wind, there's great billows being worked to blow the chaff away. Sometimes our chaff needs blowed away. And God allows things to come in our lives. God allowed something to come in Job's life that he had no charge over, nor discharge in. The only thing that he could do was live the life that God gave him. Job never quit. Job never gave up. Job kept on. Regardless of the situation, regardless of losing everything that he had, family and all, all the way down to his wife who begged him just to curse God and die. I'm tired of looking at you. I'm tired of seeing you suffer. Just curse God and die. Sometimes God allows the devil to get our attention. Don't let him disable you though. Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Don't let him disable you. The last thing I want to think of is discouragement. You have the D of dethroning, you have the D of disarming, you have the D of disabling, and now you have the D of discouraging. And Satan is good at discouraging the people of God. You know why he does it? Satan don't come out to you. Satan don't come up to you and say, hey, I'm Satan, I'm going to just mess with you a while. You know what Satan does? Sometimes Satan uses our brothers and sisters in Christ to discourage us. Sometimes Satan uses just the world around us to discourage us. There's been people today who have been discouraged across this great land because of the situation that many churches are in today. They're discouraged. They're beat down. They're trodden down. Why? Because Satan has sifted them. Folks, don't get discouraged. 
You know, I thank God for our church family. We had a we had a, a great crowd this morning. We have great crowds almost every. I mean, you never see a, a Sunday night service such as we have here. Thank God for that. Our Wednesday night services are, are are amazing as far as I'm concerned. I mean, you have great crowds, great numbers, and we have great fellowship and great spirit. But listen, so easily that could be taken away if we allow it. If we if we're not careful. Discouragement can take it away. When an individual gets discouraged and downtrodden, listen, they're at the very brink of, of dropping off of the spiritual table that they've been fed under. The four D's of the devil. Listen, discouragement will set you back. Discouragement will cause you to linger behind. There's too many people in today's church that are discouraged. Amen. There's too many that are discouraged today. It will cause you to not push forward in the battle of life. Listen, think about it. Is that not what the devil does and gets by so often? He discourages us. He causes us to lay down and quit. Listen, child of God today, keep on keeping on. Keep the faith, amen. Walk the good walk. Run the race that is set before you. Be faithful. Desire to be fed from the, from the king's table. And not at the scrap bow under the table. Desire to be fed by, by the king himself. You may have some battles in the past. Maybe you've won some battles in the past. Don't stay back there. Listen, the battle is not behind us. It's in front of us. Those things behind us are already gone. Brother Jim mentioned that this morning. Listen, there's things behind us that ought to be gone. That's, that's what causes a lot, of, a lot of rift in a lot of churches today. People keep bringing up the past. Listen, the past is gone. We need to move forward. We need to keep moving forward. Listen, the devil will cause you to be discouraged. He'll cause you to keep looking back at the past problems in life. Or he'll cause you to look back at your past victories and not look at the war that's going on in front of you where you're about to walk into. Listen, church, you, you've been such a blessing in this community. Over a hundred years this church has stood being the lighthouse. There's been a lot of great victories over the past. Listen, we can't live back there though. We gotta move forward. We're a new generation. We're a new body of people. We need to keep moving forward. Yes, the devil's going to try to disarm you. Absolutely, the devil's going to try to, to, to bring about a dethroning of you. He's going to try his best to discourage you and disable you. But listen, keep your eyes on the prize out there. Keep your eyes going forward. Listen, you're, you're in a race today. A runner who is in a race never looks behind and gets anywhere. It's just like the old boy that's trying to learn how to cultivate. 
You start looking behind, you guess what's going to happen? You're going to plow up everything you've got coming up. You better keep your eyes on the row ahead of you. I had a man to ask me the other day, well, how do you do it when you have a, when all you have is a three-point hitch? You don't have cultivators under your belly. I said, you look at the center of the, of the center of the tractor, you keep your eye on the row ahead, you never look behind because when you do that, the very moment, I, I found this out years ago, Brother Lewis Claxton had me a cultivating over that little old yellow cub of his. And I'll never forget it, I was going down through her, now this was a cub that had the belly, had the belly plowed right there on it, and right, all you had to do was look down and watch it, but I was, I turned around and tried to watch behind me. When I looked, I'd already plowed up probably a hundred foot of, t- of tobacco. Needless to say, I didn't get no brownie that day. I had to go back and replant everything. That taught me how to be a plowman, to look ahead. Folks, I want you to know something. You've got to look ahead. Keep your eyes on the prize out there. Keep your eyes on the work that God's given us to do. And God will bless you. The devil will try his best to discourage you, but listen, again, 1 John 4, 4, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Let's rely upon the Lord, amen? He'll take our fight for us. Let's all stand, please. Almost gracious and divine Heavenly Father, Lord, as we bow before your throne, we thank you for the day which you've given us. We do pray now, Lord, that you be with us throughout the evening. Bless the invitation, Father. Father, we're asking that you bless this church. May this family be encouraged. Lord, if there be one here tonight that is not saved, I pray, Father, you might save their souls. Watch over us and bless our evening. Bless the time of fellowship. Lord, bless everything that's been done today. Forgive us, Lord, our sin. In Jesus Christ's name, and amen. Amen.